Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Morrison, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hello, fabulous teacher. I hope you're doing awesome today. It is a beautiful day. Today, I want to talk about something that has continually come up this year as I go into classrooms, and it's for teachers who are newer to a writer's workshop and teachers who have been doing it for a couple of years, and that is there are so many levels of writing in the classroom. I think this has been coming up. I know it's been coming up over and over again, so I have a feeling it might be coming up for you, and I would like to talk today about some ways that you can handle this issue in your classroom. I would like to just start off by saying um, two things. One, I do believe that in the past few years that there has been significant change in development of students um, across areas, so not just academic. And I think it is showing up in our classrooms this year. But I also believe that if you were someone who taught in the traditional writing instruction way in the past, and I have been one of those, I I am a teacher that has done that before. And by this, I mean that everyone is writing the same thing at the same time with the same graphic organizer, possibly on the same topic and all of that. I believe that if that has happened, you're not really aware of the level of um, ability students have in writing. Even if you might have some idea of how well they're able to complete the graphic organizer or how well they can spell um, or the complexity of their sentences when they are writing, if it is very guided and the students are very much writing together, um, you're probably not completely aware or have not been completely aware of their levels. So if you have taught like that recently, and then you're trying to move into a more student-centered way of writing, there is going to seem like a much um, more varied uh, range of levels in your classroom because of that, because you're actually seeing what they can do. But that is just an aside there. So we know that this is the case. There are varied levels, um, and there are a lot of various needs of students in your classrooms regardless of the grade that you teach, you're going to see a bit of a variety. And I know that that seems, or not that it seems like that it is something that can kind of inhibit you from moving forward. Sometimes we kind of freeze up a little bit and say, but we don't know how we're going to do this. We don't know how we're going to meet their needs or, or we're just kind of thinking, oh my goodness, like they're just not going to get where I want them to get. Um, So the first thing I want to do is just remind you that there is no where we want to get. (laughs) I really do feel like that in writing. Yes. Are there things that we might expect for grade levels? Absolutely. Um, But I don't think there's only one place to get to when it comes to writing in your grade level. I think that that place changes with every classroom. And then that place is different for different 
students or even groups of students. And actually um, grouping students in a way is something that I do wanna talk about today. But I digress. So first I just wanna say, if you are aware, really aware of where your students are in terms of their skill in writing and their writing development, then kudos to you because that means you are letting them write, which is the first step for me. That's the first thing you need to do is let them write and see what they can do. Um, and then also it's to, to you know, build them up and get them excited about writing and help them with their identity as a writer. What are the things they know about themselves? What are the things they want to know? What are the things that make them comfortable? Um, that you know they do well. All these things that you want to have happening. So hopefully those things are happening, but it's making you aware of where many of your students are. So, but I still want to say. Congratulations. I'm glad that you have, you started with allowing this to happen so that you do have an idea of what's going on in your classroom. That's great. So um, I want to talk a little bit about making sure that we really know where they are. Because what I have found is that many times, and I've been guilty of this myself, is we just kind of walk around and see things happening or we look at work really quickly and we say, oh my gosh, this one's all the way over here, this one's all the way over there. And we make quick assessments um, of what is actually happening or what we think is happening, but it's not always what is really happening. Because in order to know where your students are, you have to take different kinds of data and actually put it down on paper and look at it and analyze it and figure out the actual reality, not just what your brain is telling you from some quick um, assessment or observations. I know that especially in the beginning of the year when you're starting this type of writing instruction and students are building up independence, it's not, you know, a time for the teacher that's calm and, and just you know, um, relaxing and, and easy for you to focus. It's not because you're still trying to help your students to even focus. You're still, especially in the lower grades, they're still building their stamina. And so it's not really easy for you to get a lot of great data unless you are really focusing on doing that, um, you know, every so often um, during the week. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to make that really happen. And I'm going to start first with looking at the actual writing. So using the writing as a tool to teach the writer. I've mentioned that before. So not just walking around and thinking in your head, oh, I see they're doing this or not doing that. We're usually thinking what they're not doing or what they're not doing well. Um, instead of just looking around and, and kind of thinking in your head this, that, and the other, we have to take it a step further because first of all, you're going to, you're not going to see everybody um, when you're just trying to quickly kind of walk around in one or two days. Two, you're not going to remember exactly what you saw. So if we're going to really look at their tools, we can do it in a couple of ways. One, we could go around as they're working and try to get to however many students you think you can get to in a day where you are looking at the pieces in their folders um, and just taking a look and writing down first the strengths. Now this would be done with like a pre-made template um, that has the things that you want to be looking for on it. So if you're looking for 
um, the structure and you're looking for phonics skills or you're looking for a sentence structure and the or grades or um, conventions, elaboration. So you're thinking of the things that you you want to be singing and you should be able to check off evidence of that as you go around and you're not, you don't, you can kind of talk to the students at your, as you're, as you're looking through, like, how's it going? What are you working on today? Um, but you are looking for that evidence. And then another way you can do it is just to collect a piece of writing, you know, so it depends on the grade level in the long, excuse me, younger grades, K1, maybe two, probably you want to collect their whole um, folder because you don't know how much they're getting done um, in one piece of writing. They, they might just have a picture on one and that might be what the student is only doing, but it's always, it can be always different. So if you have their whole folder and you're able to see more than one piece, you get a much better idea of what is consistently happening for them. Um, especially if they hand you in a paper that looks incomplete, you'll know when you look at the whole folder, oh, they have a bunch of incompletes. So we have an issue here with staying on, on um, you know, focusing on this one uh, topic or what have you. So there's a lot of information you can gain in that way. But then for the older students, if they know they have a piece that they've drafted um, and you know you, they have a couple of pages and you can probably just collect one and get a pretty good idea of what is going on. So you collect this writing and then you're gonna do the same thing. You're gonna have that chart where you're, you already know the things that you're looking for and you're going to be, you know, marking them up somehow on the chart, plus, minus, what have you, um, writing little notes for yourself about each area and where their strengths are. Now, what can also be included on these data sheets are a, more about writing behaviors. So, so before I just mentioned that you might notice that there is a student who has several pieces of writing, but none of them are really complete. Um, well, that's kind of also telling you about obviously you know about the stamina but it's a little bit of a writing behavior that you're going to now have to investigate a little bit more like what is really going on with them is it a stamina thing or is it um that they didn't pick a very good idea so they couldn't really complete it because they didn't have enough to say and so some of these writing behaviors are going to have this data is going to have to come from observations or conferences so for example if you are um just observing writing time and the first thing you might wanna look for is engagement. So are your students engaged in writing? What would that look like? Well, it's going to look like they have a pencil in their hand, they are looking down at their paper, they're sketching something out or taking notes, or they're rereading their work, they're actually writing. Maybe you can tell they're thinking, but they're not just like staring off into space in that kind of thinking. Um, or do you see students who keep getting up? even though they're probably not supposed to be getting up during writing time unless they are getting a supply or something, um, or they're just playing with their pencil, looking or what have you. It also, and I have come to, to find that engagement also means confidence in writing. So if you're not confident enough, sometimes that's the reason that you're not engaged. So I kind of put confidence in there with engagement. Um, but it could be confidence about just getting that something on paper or confidence in ways of, um, not wanting to try to spell something that they don't know how to spell or draw something that they don't feel like they can draw or something like that, because that has a lot to do with what they're actually going to get down on the paper. So engagement is one thing that you might be looking at. And I'm 
Um, many of these writing behaviors I am pulling from, once again, Jennifer Saravillo's um, hierarchy of possible writing goals. And one of another one then would be generating ideas. So that um, can look a lot like engagement. But sometimes if they're not coming up with an idea, then they're not getting started. And that's the reason why they're not engaged. So they, they're pretty closely intertwined, but it's not exactly the same thing. Um, but this could also be evident in their work. So if you pull a child's folder and they're always writing about the same thing, so it could be a, a cartoon or a game or a sport, and that's the only topic they choose, that most likely is going to be a generating ideas issue. So having the behavior aspects on this data sheet as well is going to be important, but it's mostly going to be coming from observation of your students during writing time. So literally just watching all of them during that time. And then also some conferring, because even if you haven't implemented conferences, um, you know, for real yet, you are still wanting to go around and, and like I said before, ask students, how's it going? What are you working on? What's going really well? How did you come up with that idea? Oh, I see you have quite a few um, pieces on this. Tell me about that. You know, have you thought of any other ideas about what to write? So this is when you're being very curious, you're inquisitive and in trying to figure out where the issue that you're seeing might be coming from or just trying to get some ideas. Can I put on this paper that they are strong in generating ideas? Um, or do I have to put a question mark or maybe a minus because I don't think they're quite there yet? Okay, so these are the things that we're looking at in terms of writing behavior and taking data from our students in reference to these. Now, once you have done all of this, and I know you might be thinking, wow, this is going to take some time. It's really going to be time consuming. Yes, it, it might be a little time consuming and you might feel like, oh, but I'm not, you know, getting to them and helping them. But do you know how you want to help them yet? Probably not. How do you know how you're going to help them if you're not even sure where they're strong or what the actual issue is? So I've talked about this before. Sometimes we think what we're noticing on the paper is the issue, but a lot of times it comes, you have to move backward to find where their difficulty actually lies. So it's worth it. Okay. It's worth it. And when you have a strategic way to figure it out um, and to really take your data, it's going to help you along. Okay, so have a little bit of a plan for how you're going to take this data, when you're going to take this data. So then what do we do once we have it? Well, when we look at this, I think, first of all, it's going to be a little eye-opening because you're going to see, oh, wow, okay, I have checked off most of my class when it comes to engagement at this point. Or, wow, I still have five students who I cannot give a plus in the area of engagement. But you're actually seeing it down on paper. And you're starting to see as a class what is actually happening. Where are the strengths lying for the students as a class? Hey there, teacher. Thank you so much for listening. It warms my heart to know that there are teachers out there who may be feeling a little bit better about writing because of the podcast. So I'm here to ask you a quick favor. If you have not already, I would absolutely love it and be forever grateful if you were able to go on to where you are listening to the podcast to um, write a review or even just give a star rating, hopefully a good one. Um, and if you are able to do so and then take a screenshot of the review and send it to me, I am offering a half an hour free coaching session 
all about writing instruction as much as we can talk about. So um, if you feel so inclined, I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. What you will also be able to see is how students are grouped as far as these skills are concerned. So let's say you take um, structure or organization. And so that might mean in the lower grades, K1, that they are writing across pages, you know, more than one thing about their topic or they're not. In fifth grade, it might be that they understand there are different parts to an informational book if they're doing information or that there's a beginning, middle, and end. And in the beginning, you develop characters. So those types of things are going to be what you're looking at for structure. So if you take structure and you look at your pluses or minuses or the notes that you've written, then you're able to put students together in groups and be able to see, okay, I do have a low, medium, and high level of structure and organization. Same thing with conventions. You will be able to look at, and it depends on how well you broke it up, um, because I think in kindergarten and first grade, second grade, you can really look at different phonics skills. In the upper grades, it might be um, centered more around punctuation. But depending on how you have it broken up, and you can do it as detailed as you feel you need to, you should also be able to just take that column and then put everyone in some sort of order and be able to see what kind of groups you have that way. And I think this will then help you to see if you have a very large group and it's most of your class, then there's a whole group teaching point or several teaching points that you're going to have to do. If it's a smaller group, then that's a just a small group that you can point or that you can um, work on in that area. But overall, it's also going to help you to plan um, not only what you're teaching, but when you're going to be teaching it. Because we know that there are certain skills that need to be met before you're going to move on to something else. So if you're using the hierarchy of writing goals, in Jennifer Sarvella's opinion, and I agree, um, I'm sure she'd be so happy to know I agree with her, um, that I am not going to worry about word choice for a student who is not even able to focus on their topic and stay on topic. That's that's not where I need to go right now with them. So if your whole class is lacking in that area for the most part, that's not where you need to worry about some teaching points for your whole class. That's not where you are. Maybe for a few, that could be what you're going to set a goal for them as. But you know for most, you don't have to. So I think it's going to help you. It's going to alleviate some of your worry about things that you feel like you might not be able to get to or some students aren't ready to get to because they're not ready to get to it. You don't need to do it yet. So, um, Or even in terms of the behavioral things, you know if a student is not even engaged in their writing, you're definitely not worrying about word choice. Okay. Um, you might not even be, you're not going to even worry about structure. You're going to worry about engagement. So that really frees you up as well, because you know that when that student is working, you're not trying to get things on their paper. You're trying to get them engaged in that. And if you have a huge group of students who are not engaged, and I hope not at this point, um, but you just know, okay, you know what, I'm going to have to throw in some more lessons, um, or even do some small group with them about, um, about being engaged in writing, you know, so it's going to maybe have to do with um, maybe helping them come up with ideas that they're interested in, building their confidence, um, maybe, you know, having them do some shared 
uh, writing with you in a small group that then kind of show them how they can stay on task. There's a lot of these different things you can do to help them. It's not that we're not going to try to help them, but we just know that we, we're not going to worry about the things that are so far ahead of where these students might be. Instead, we're going to look at this data that we have for our class as a whole and decide where are the students in, in terms of whole class. So the majority of the class, we're thinking about 80%, where are, where are they in terms of strengths? Because that's where your whole group lesson, mini lesson teaching points are going to start from. And then when you think about the students who might not be hitting that um, that level in the whole group lessons, and this means not just all of writing, but in all these different areas, how are you going to then meet their needs? Are you going to be able to, once everyone has built their stamina, start pulling small groups? So if you're able to put these in nice groups, then you're going to hit that and you're going to start with the things that they need first, like generating ideas or, or engagement or structure and organization. Or are you going to think about it in terms of conferences? Maybe you feel more comfortable going around and meeting with them that way. You can still think of it as a group, but you're just hitting one at a time. So here's the group of students who are still working on engagement. Here's the group of students who are, um, you know, we're really strong in structure and organization. So I'm going to start worrying about elaboration for them but you're just doing it once at a time, but you might ultimately be having the same kind of conference with all of them. But what's most important, in the, especially in the beginning of the year, is that you're thinking about where your whole class is in terms of all these different areas of writing and what your mini lesson teaching points are going to therefore be. Okay, so we are not going to let this somewhat overwhelming feeling of seeing all these different levels of writing stop us from providing instruction that is effective for our students. What we are going to do is we are going to make a plan for gathering the data that we need to really know where our students are, where their strengths are, and what their next step would be, and then plan our instruction according to that. I hope this has been helpful. I would love to hear from you, but I certainly hope that you are able to apply this in your classroom and it is effect effective for you and for your writers. Have a great day.